Welcome back to Bedtime Poetry. This is Emma J, recording from my home in Central Australia. My neighbors are still doing some construction, so you may hear a saw or a drill, maybe a hammer, now and then in the background. Thanks for bearing with me and listening in. I invite you to take it all in as part of the ambience, and welcome to my home. Today I'll be reading some ancient Greek love poetry by, you guessed it, Sappho. If you don't know who Sappho is, don't worry, I'll tell you a little more about them after the poem. Right now, I want you to get comfy. Pour a cup of tea, snuggle into your blanket or sweater. I don't know about you, but it's getting a bit cold here. And have a listen to Poem 31 by Sappho. That man seems to me to be equal to the gods, who is sitting opposite you and hears you nearby speaking sweetly and laughing delightfully, which indeed makes my heart flutter in my breast. For when I look at you, even for a short time, it is no longer possible for me to speak. It is as if my tongue is broken, and immediately a subtle fire has run over my skin. I cannot see anything with my eyes, and my ears are buzzing. A cold sweat comes over me, trembling seizes me all over. I am paler than grass, and I seem nearly to have died. It's a beautiful poem about longing and envy, and the effects that desire has on the body and mind. There are three unnamed characters, the speaker, who we can presume is Sappho, the envied man who gets to sit close to the object of Sappho's desire, and the woman who sparks flames under Sappho's skin. As with most ancient works, this is only a piece of the whole. The poem continues on with this fragmented line, but everything must be endured, since even a poor man The original work ends there, and that's all we have of Poem 31. How lucky we are to have that much two and a half thousand years after it was written. Besides being a lovely piece of lyric poetry, this work gives us valuable insight into homoerotic desire in ancient Greece. For Sappho wasn't just a poet, Sappho was a woman. She lived during the 7th century BC on the island of Lesbos, which is just off the eastern coast of modern-day Turkey. Not much is known about her life. Surviving fragments of her poems and later works written about her suggest that she had at least two brothers and one daughter. She was well-known and highly regarded in her day for her poetry. Both Homer and Plato praised her work, as we've heard, she writes love poems about women. Her poems are intimate expressions of longing and awe, loneliness, and the bittersweet feeling of unrequited love. Due to the clearly homoerotic content, her poetry and legacy are entwined with the history of their reception, 
Modern translations have presented her works in more socially acceptable terms, for example, making subtle changes to words and phrases to make the homoerotic content a bit more vague. She's been the target of more aggressive damnation as well, with early Christian writers condemning her for her plainly stated desires. The 2nd century theologian Tatian, for example, called her a whore who sang about her own licentiousness. Not cool, Tatian. Not cool. 20th century critics and scholars found creative ways to dodge the homosexual nature of her work. Sir Dennis Page, a classical scholar writing in the 1970s at Oxford and Cambridge universities, rushed to reassure readers that there was no evidence that she actually had sexual relationships with women. She merely wrote longingly about them. Such politically charged reactions to her poetry are revealing of contemporary modes of thought around same-sex desire. Any examination of Sappho's work is necessarily bound up with an examination of socially sanctioned forms of love. I suggest we let all of that fall away for a moment, and admire the honest description of desire in this work. After all, who hasn't felt their heart flutter and their skin flush at the sight of a crush? Who hasn't felt tongue-tied at the sight of that special person, gender and sex meaningless, whose presence makes one feel, how did Sappho say it, paler than grass? Now that's something worth writing about. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Tune in next time to hear a Roman poet's response to Poem 31. And in the meantime, take care of yourself and your loved ones. I'll catch you next time on Bedtime Poetry.